0: hey you wonderful people thanks for listening to the show this one's with jeremy he is the founder of a snack food company called dirtball which i try halfway through the show Um, I'm actually gonna link a survey monkey at the bottom of this. The biggest way you could currently help me with the show is to take two to three minutes Maybe even one minute if you're a fast typer and just fill that out Like I mean, you don't have to make an account or anything. Just click it put your thoughts in send it my way It'll help a bunch. Uh, Aside from that I'm printing and shipping off my first sweatshirt. So I'll have uh, some pictures with prices up for merch in terms of shirts, sweatshirts, and uh, They'll both come with wonderful stickers. So I love you all. Here's the show. All right, and I've got with me Jeremy Cummings. He has dirt balls, which I will link oh, in the description. Yeah. They're, uh, how'd you describe them?
1: Well, these tasty little energy bites, little nuggets of fruits and seeds that I cooked up in my kitchen.
0: And now they're in stores everywhere around you. Uh, I met Jeremy at Rain, <laughs> the the regional accelerator, which is a incredibly dope program. Mm-hmm. Uh, what got you on the path to making dirt balls?
1: Well, I was in California, in San Jose, studying journalism at San Jose State, and near the end of my journalism studies, I had a bu- I had a bunch of realizations. That made it very clear I did not want a career in journalism. Oh, man. Like, bad business model, bad hours, just not what I wanted Too to do. Too many people. No, I mean, the people part, I was fine with. Really? But I it, mean, like, uh, competition, in terms of, like, it seems like everything's always over-covered. True, definitely. <laughs> That's part of the flawed business model. But... Um, at the time, I was also working with this environmental activist club on, on campus called The Global Awakening. I'm not sure if it still exists because we all graduated. Yeah. But we had a bake sale to send money to Puerto Rico after those hurricanes. Nice. And so I made these little oatmeal cookies with dates and coconut. No, they didn't have coconut yet. I'm talking about the dirtballs now. But it was just like dates, oatmeal, <laughs> banana, yeah. almonds. And on my way to school, I was like, hmm. I wonder what'll happen if I call these things dirt balls. Yeah, and then they sold out first at all three bake sales. Right, and I was like, hmm, maybe there's something there. Definitely don't want to do journalism. Maybe I can sell snacks. Yeah, and so after I moved to Oregon, I spent like I spent a few months just like fucking up my kitchen, just doing recipe after recipe, and then I created this, and people like them, and. I like it. I'm yeah. excited. He brought me a, <laughs> a,
0: a bash of them. I'm, ex- I'm really excited to try them. I saw you handing them out at rain. And I'm like, I kind of want to ask for one, but it's such a weird thing going up and like seeing two people mid-conversation where you're like, ah, mm-hmm. you know, I want to, but it's just, it's just almost bad practice to like interrupt people. So yeah, I let it go, but I'm glad I got one. I'm pumped to try it. I might actually try it mid-show. But, you're uh, going to chew
1: into the microphone. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> push it away a
0: little bit, but I like it. And you've been building your rapper name, right?
1: Yeah, that was something that happened later. Like I had been making beats and like writing songs on my own for a while. And then I started hanging out with my friend Augie Rose, and he taught me a lot. He helped me get a lot better at music. Right. And then after he tried the dirt balls, he just started calling me Dirtball. Yeah. And then everyone started calling me dirt ball. That's so funny. And it like it became a done deal when like we came up with the DJ tag. Yeah. Which is dirt ball did Dirtball.
0: it. <laughs> That's so funny. It's such a trip that that's kind of. I mean, I met you right after I did Joe Marushak's show. Mm-hmm. I like came out and kind of met you, and then I was in the car with Jonathan, and you were next to me. And I'm like,
1: I <laughs> just briefly said hi to
0: that guy, and then Jonathan knew you. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll like really say hi to him next time I see
1: you. Yeah, that was super tight. It Joe's one tight. of my favorite people in town. So is Yonboy. He, yeah. he was just recording a line at my house yesterday. I
0: saw that on your Instagram. <laughs> that was pretty tight, man. Yeah, he's. Uh, I've been trying to get him on the show for so long now, and. He's first off a busy guy. I think I'm going to see him this weekend, but I still don't think it'll be on the show. I'll just mm. be hanging out with him.
1: What if you did like a crazy episode with the whole smear band in here? I, he wants <laughs> to do that. Um,
0: my biggest thing was I didn't have enough mics, but he's like, we got mics. I'm like, as long as they're not condensers, because that would just be chaos in terms of like uh, getting it from all the other people's. But I'm actually getting a third mic. That's like, I've been like staying. I've probably been doing two all-nighters a week for the past month mm. just to make money to get a third microphone because two people shows would be incredible, you know, Yeah. It'd just be livelier. So that that's the next thing on my on my uh, if horizon that I'm pumped for. What do you got? What do you got going on? You s- start shipping these overseas. Eventually,
1: definitely. Nice. I mean the the next step is to like f- un- unfuckulate my personal finances and just like step up the personal discipline yeah. so that I can do That'll better overall. You. Yeah. <laughs> also, do do you care? I, I've sworn like a couple times already. I don't care at all. All right. That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, cause it's like the, the obvious next steps when you're growing a business is to just like sell more stuff. Mm-hmm. But in order to sell more stuff, I need to get my personal finances in a better situation and just like continue ratcheting up my personal discipline. Yeah.
0: Have you gone to the Costa Restaurant? Hopefully Joe and Shane aren't necessarily listening to this. Um, have you gone to any like uh, angel investors and looked for people to help you out with that?
1: No, I mean, part of that is like, I'm not confident that I would have the discipline to spend investment money correctly yet. Yeah, absolutely. And like, that's, it's it's hard because like more money would help me do this stuff faster. Probably not efficiently yet.
0: Yeah. For me too. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just building a back, like, you know, I'm just kind of like putting some of the stuff in place, but I'm like, maybe in a couple of years I'll hopefully be, but then hopefully I won't need money at that point. I don't know. I'm actually about to go uh, go get a job. <laughs> yeah. My first ever job. No,
1: I'm oh, just perfect. like a, another part time job. Um,
0: it might be a salaried full time job, but I'd only be working like 3 a.m. to like 10 a.m. every that day. Call center. Um, no, it'd actually be a personal trainer job, which would be t- I know because I have a degree in physiology. I'm like, who the heck? I know it's nonsense. What weird hours. I know. But then I'm like, <laughs> but then I'm pretty much I'm up. I get a pump. And then I have my entire day free, but after being in bed by like 5 p.m. if I'm going to wake up at 2 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of br- brutal hours, but I'm like, you know what? It'd kind of be worth it just to give myself some free time.
1: Yeah. I mean, right. my friend just started working at FedEx, and he has basically those same hours. He wakes up at two yeah. slings boxes for a while. Yeah. And then he has plenty of time during the day to do stuff. It'd be tight.
0: It'd be tighter in the in the summer because... Winter, man, I would be up while it's dark out for like five hours. At that point, it's rid- it's ridiculous.
1: That'll mess with you. Yeah,
0: I don't know, man. But I guess right now I'm up for like twelve hours in the middle of the night, and as is, I don't know. I feel significantly worse when I don't get sleep, though.
1: Yeah, what's the deal with your sleep schedule, honestly? Because yeah. it sounds insane to me to wake up at one p.m. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. It is so chaotic. Because sometimes I'll like, I'll just stay up overnight. And then I'll go to bed at like 2 p.m. that next night. And then I'll wake up at like 3 in the afternoon. And then I'll go to bed again that night at like 7 p.m. So I only have like a four-hour wake day. And then I wake up really early. It's chaos. And I feel really good most of the time. But then every (laughs) once in a while, like two no-sleep nights coincide, like one night apart. And I'm like, I'm dead, man. I don't know. That's depression for me. Um, You said you might want to talk about that sort of thing on the show. Depression is like... Just the most low energy state I have, where I'm mm. like, "All right, I burn myself too hard." Like I don't have a sad factor in my depression states. I just have a like, Whew. "I'm not gonna do anything today." Like even even picking out a show on Netflix is too much. So yeah. I'm just like, "I'm
1: just gonna I'm just, just gonna lie like on the reach floor, it. stare at the ceiling."
0: <laughs> totally. And and to be very fair, something that tends to get me there quicker than not is the use of amphetamines or Adderall and stuff like that, because. It is just That gets like, you
1: to the depression faster? Or deep...
0: Yeah, deep rest or whatever it is. It, it seems like it's just like using up a lot of my energy and yeah. then I pay for it the next day. So I don't know how productive it really is. It seems like using tomorrow's energy today.
1: Yeah, there's definitely something to be said for like accomplishing less every day, but being able to do it on a more consistent basis. Yes.
0: But sometimes you don't know what you need to accomplish that day. Like... Do you ever go to rain or wherever you uh, work on your dirt ball thing and just be like, "I know I have a bunch of things to do, but I don't know." Like it's not like a linear progression, is what I'm
1: saying, you know? I've actually figured that out pretty well because I have a, I got these shelves on my desk at home. That's like, it's the classic inbox processing and then outbox. Nice. And I have each one split into high priority and low priority. Okay. So I kind of just like, when I'm on my good habits in the evening, I'll pick out. a I have a couple slips of paper and I'll just like. Take a couple of slips and that's what I'm doing the next day. Nice. Yeah. So, so most of the time it's like, I know the things I need to be doing and it's just a matter of prioritizing correctly.
0: See, for me, I don't know the things I need to be doing. That's the biggest that's <laughs> the oh, that's too much, man. Cause and a lot of the stuff that I'm doing isn't necessarily linear work in terms of like if you're really not feeling it, I, I call it in quotes creative work because it's not like really like, oh, I'm gonna be drawing something spectacular, but it's like mm-hmm. I'm creating something. And if I'm in a low energy mood creating something tends to be garbage and from my perspective it's better to just not create something than to create garbage mm. so i'm in a weird place where everyone i hear especially like coders and all these people like it's just better to put in daily work and all those tony robbins style people they're like those daily grind <laughs> man <fuck> tony
1: robbins <laughs> you don't like i don't him? like to- i think he's <laughs> yeah he has some good stuff going on yeah and he's definitely helped a lot of people make improvements yeah but it's like <laughs> Overall, I think he's kind of a cult leader. There's and a
0: huckster ability about
1: him for sure. I, I heard some like really funny stories about him too because I, I was in Fiji mm. and I was hanging out with this guy who used to be the manager on Tony Robbins' resort in Fiji. Oh. And he just had all these ridiculous stories like getting a call from Tony Robbins in the middle of the night like, hey, I've got two shipping crates full of marble statues headed your way right now.
0: Oh my God.
1: And then there were these like big ridiculous Chinese lion statues that looked completely out of place in Fiji and yeah. just became a complete running joke in the whole town. Oh, that's too funny he's just a crazy person I'm like he's i can't i'm kind of there's definitely an element of jealousy because he's a <laughs> he's like a world figure and he's got all these books and everything but yeah well
0: it's just a, he just seems <sighs> like okay so i really had the same view where i didn't like him then i'm like you know what like i don't hate people without watching video like i want to i'm not just going to believe something i hear about someone without watching them so i watch his videos i'm like ah, he doesn't have any evil or bad or malicious things in his work you know
1: Definitely, it's all. He, I think, he definitely has his heart in the right place. Yeah,
0: it's just, it's just seems
1: scammy, which is
0: why I'm kind of against it. But the whole thing about all those people is, like, if like Leonardo DiCaprio or Obama, someone who has actually succeeded at doing something, or uh, Scorsese, and then they mm. gave me a speech on how to do what they did, I'd be like, oh, I'm totally gonna believe you. But like a lot of these people, what they did was tell people how to succeed, and they succeeded through that. And I'm like, it's just this weird, like, what did you actually do to start with, though?
1: Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and it's become this whole weird industry where, like, kids younger than me are like, you know, I want to be a Tony Robbins when I grow up. Yeah. And I, I think there should be a... I don't think anyone under the age of 35 should be a life coach, is Whoa, my thing. Oh like, bold
0: words. You don't think so?
1: I mean, unless unless you're like Malala Yousafzai, I don't know who that she's is. She's like, she was the she's like a girl who got shot in the face oh, by I the do. Taliban, and then yeah. Like unless unless you've like, unless basically it's like unless you have lived some life, you should yeah. not be a life coach. And if you've like lived with your parents and you're 22. Mm-hmm. And you just like learned yeah. how to file an LLC. That's so like, funny. You're not qualified to be a life coach. Yeah, I don't
0: even know how to file an LLC. I'm <laughs> step behind you. That's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I guess it comes down to, I think people should be like particular life coaches. Like no one's good mentally, <laughs> physically, and money wise. Like someone should just be just a health life coach. Mm-hmm. Um, someone should be just a mental wellness life coach. Here's the thing. And I've said it on my show a lot of times. I feel like I haven't explained it well. I'm against therapy. And, and I say that, but okay, what I really am, I'm against therapy until they make everything in their life super public. Say you and your partner um, wanted to go to a couples therapist. Wouldn't you want to know if they've had a divorce or two divorces? And then the argument could be like, oh, but maybe they've learned from that. It's like, well, cool. You can still choose them. If you found a couples therapist who's had two divorces, you could still choose mm-hmm. to go to them. But I personally wouldn't. Or like if you go to a therapist and they're on SSRIs for 10 years... I maybe wouldn't want to go to them. I don't think that we should be going to therapists who themselves may be mentally ill.
1: That's a really cool point. But like, <laughs> what if, what if like your doctor had a cold?
0: Well, a cold's
1: different. <laughs> if, <laughs> a, I know, this is an example. But I wouldn't go no, to, I, I, I see would what you're go saying.
0: To a, a physical therapist who's had uh, chronic knee pain for 10 years and hasn't been able to fix it, <laughs> would you?
1: <laughs> no, that's an interesting point. <laughs> right? But it's like... Yeah, actually i never thought about that right i'm not gonna i'm it, not gonna like tr- try to pull some argument out of the air on that no, one and there it? could
0: be there totally could be if <laughs> someone's listening and literally yelling into their headphones right now like he is an idiot i probably am that's just kind of like my general <laughs> opinion on it is i'm like and here's the other thing you're trusting someone to give you life advice who has no stake in your life so they could give you advice like oh you should uh you should leave that friend or your parents or that partner or you should leave that job because it's not making you happy but then if your life falls to shit because you left that job, the only thing that they lose is a client. They're not like your parents or your partner where it's like, oh, shit, like I have investment in your life.
1: But that's that's part of what makes good therapy effective, though, is Ooh. that they don't have a personal stake in your life. Because like when, when I'm giving my friends advice, I try to be objective, mm-hmm. but I still have like, like my personal stake in their life. Can cloud my judgment in ways that I won't realize how so, in a good way
0: you want them to succeed because you want a successful friend you you want them to be happy and healthy and wealthy, yeah, whereas a therapist just wants you to come back and keep paying, like yeah, they hypothetically didn't oath that they want your best well being but like
1: well but i I think a good therapist wants you to like i don't okay, so th- here's the thing with therapy I yeah. don't think it's like. The goal of therapy is not to like get cured and get out. Why not? Because for me, why not therapy is like you have this objective counsel in your life. Mm. And I think some of the most mentally healthy people in the world still go to therapy. Because having that objective counsel is just Mm. like sometimes you need a place to just like say something out loud to someone who does not who is not in your life. And like just the act yeah. of saying it out loud to that person helps you process it. And then you go back into your life. I get that. If it was universal health care, I would agree with you.
0: But the fact that they're, that you're paying them for that makes me again, any, any, that's why I'm against a lot of things, man. The fact that they're incentivized to keep you coming back because of monetary reasons is just mm-hmm. a little bit sickening to me, but like you can do it. Not only like, could you tell me anything you could, you should be able to tell everyone in your life anything like I mean Kanye goes around he's like everyone's my therapist and I also think everyone should be their own therapist like you should just have um who was it It was some buddhist teacher he's like if everyone looks way deep inside themselves they can find a murderer and a rapist because it's like and like Jordan Peterson says that about like the nazis um prison guards and stuff it's like all humans have the capability to do evil it's just people like stop their own mental conversations before they get there and then if you never get to the end of a conversation the conversation keeps starting but whereas if you go to the end, you're like, oh, yeah, I don't want that. Like, I've thought it through. Okay, I, I don't want to kill myself because of X, Y, and Z. But mm-hmm. if you stop the conversation at, oh, maybe I'll kill myself. But, oh, I can't think about that. That's mm-hmm. when you need therapy because you need someone who will be like, well, why? Whereas you can just say, well, why? Or to yourself or like, you know, well, what would be the downstream effect of this?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with fully acknowledging themselves. Yes. Because I'm very aware of the darkness that's in me and i think that awareness <laughs> is part of why i do not indulge the darkness.
0: What's indulging the darkness?
1: Well, cuz like there's times i want to slap the shit out of somebody. Yeah. And like i would have a reasonable cause to do so, but there's i just n- violence is just not a tool i choose to use in my life.
0: There's arguably never very very infrequently a use for violence. What do you mean? Like what would be good cause for slapping someone? <laughs> i probably say
1: uh, good is the wrong word but (laughs) like but like if if i told someone why i slapped them they would be like oh yeah that's a reason i would want to slap someone too those must be some horrible evil people
0: (laughs) i don't know that's being who you're around and who you spend time with is the biggest thing there's just a twitter uh, poll where someone's like if your partner told you to leave your friends would you leave your partner or your mm. friends and i'm like some i'd leave my partner you think so i think some people surround themselves with horrible friends that hold them
1: down that's the problem with twitter polls is like yeah at, anytime you put something into a a or b choice like that you it's just kind of stupid no nuance.
0: yeah everyone chose partner that everyone would like, keep the friends and leave the partner but i'm like the partner's someone who's a lot invested in. like i think The idealistic version of like friends on TV is like, oh, they're people who are like always there. But like when you're home at night at like 9 p.m., it's like you have your partner. You don't have your friends unless your friends cuddle you and and like are your, you know, therapy kind of people. Like it's true. I think partners are underrated these days.
1: I think part of the reason I answered that question the way I did is because right now I don't have a romantic partner. Ah. And I do have a group of amazing supportive friends like shouts out to my friends. That's
0: cool. Or like roommate friends. Roommate friends are some of the best people because you hate them, but you love them. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anyone who has a roommate for multiple years and doesn't at points hate them.
1: I mean, and that's part of just having a long-term relationship with anybody is you're going to discover things about people that annoy you. Yeah.
0: But I think it's kind of a good thing. So I moved back with my parents. Um, while I obviously go get this job or whatever. And I think one of the best parts of it is, I mean, everyone develops idiosyncrasies that their parents have. So I can see what annoys me about my parents and be like, oh, I might develop that at some point in life. I should watch out for that. Definitely. You know, so now whenever anything annoys me in life, I'm like, whew, hopefully I'm not doing that. And then I just like try to catch myself when I do it or if I do it. Yeah, being annoying is like the biggest thing that nobody wants to be in life, you know? I'm okay with being annoying. You're okay with being annoying. (laughs) If I said you're annoying, you wouldn't be like, oh man, why? You'd be like, Yeah, that's okay. That's who I am.
1: Well, cause cause sometimes like in order to get dirt balls into a store, <laughs> yeah. I have to I have to like repeatedly call and email for yeah. months.
0: That's pushy. That's pushy. Being pushy is a good thing. People like get annoyed boundaries. when you're pushy. Ah, good point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's a it's a tough thing because like if you texted a close friend of yours and they didn't text you back, because mm. they're busy. People are busy and then you text them again like a week later and they text back like, oh man, yeah, like all these good things. It's like, I don't think that's being annoying. That's just like, people are busy in life, man. Everyone should should message people multiple times. If someone doesn't reply to you after like 10 times, Send an eleventh text, like not a not within a day, not within a week, but like, it's you like know, every
1: minute. Every send minute, a text. text me
0: back, text me back, or like like a month later, because then like I don't know, like that could really help. Like, what if they just hit a really low point after being up so like manic for like ten months that they couldn't even reply to you, and then like mm. hey, that really meant a lot to me. Definitely, it's cheap, it's free to fucking text someone.
1: Well, that's different. I definitely tried. I I, I definitely reach out to someone at least once a day. Nice. And I, but I, I never like if I text someone and they don't text me back unless it's really important. I generally won't text them again that day.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll send mass. T- Here's the thing: I like texting in like bits of like one sentence text and like sending five in a row. But when I get them, they're obnoxious as hell because mm-hmm. my alarm goes off like five times. But I'm like, I like the the dramatic effect of sending five individual texts. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It's 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 definitely a trip trying to figure out, like what other just your own working of what other people are thinking like if i texted you and you didn't text me back all day i could be like oh he's busy or i could think oh he doesn't want to talk to me yeah like that's the ultimate thing and 99 percent of the time people are busy but there's always that one percent of time that makes you think everyone's always just mad at you or doesn't want to talk to you. you know i mean how do you feel if you texted someone who you're kind of like hopeful for in some way like romantically or business or whatever and they didn't text you back for like two days or they didn't text you back oh, man. you get worried i, I cry <laughs>
1: oh <my laughs> not not literally most of the time but it's like i mean it's it's like plen- there's plenty of times when i message someone i'm interested in and then respond and then nothing comes back and it's like yeah that sucks that made yeah. me sad i'm gonna feel this sadness for a little bit and then keep it moving
0: but what is sadness what is the feeling of sadness
1: well, in, in that specific context, it's the experience of having the opposite of what you wanted to happen, happen. Yeah. It's shattered expectations.
0: Yeah, I've been trying to work my way around it the best I can. So before rain, the eight, the last meeting, yes, last night, which I didn't see you at, man. Uh, had yeah, I had an on my other I think though. I was
1: supposed to mentor, but I, I misunderstood an email from Shane because he said, we don't need you till the 29th. Uh, and I thought that meant he only needed me on the 29th. Oh. Um,
0: but anyway, so right before that, I got a Subo sushi reader. Oh, shout out to Subo. I'm actually going to have the owner of Subo on the show pretty soon. Um, while I was there, I was taking my keys out of my uh, out of my jacket, and one of my Bluetooth headphones fell out, and I couldn't find it. And ID8 was in like 10 minutes, so I had to drive away, mm. losing one of my expensive headphones that I'm like, man, I love that thing. Like, I brought it <laughs> everywhere with me, and I'm like, I'm not going to buy another pair. I don't have the money to buy a second pair. Yeah. So I was like huh, well, maybe I've been wearing them too much and maybe I need more silence in my life or maybe uh, maybe it's not good for, like, my jaw just to have these big things in my ear because, you know, Bluetooth headphones, are, they're not uh Airs. They're not AirPods. They're, they're not AirPods. Bigger. They're like, yeah, they're like this off-brand. Um, but I'm like, like I just really tried to reason, like, why would life, like, not have me have those? And so I left not sad but then uh, about an hour into rain, I'm like, I fucking want them. So I drove back and I like looked with a flashlight for like 20 minutes and found it. <laughs> it's so funny. The person who worked at there and like two other people all came out and helped me with flashlights. And I felt it's the weirdest thing. I felt That's guilty tight. having them even help me look. I'm like, no, don't even go look. And I like got in my car and pretended to leave till they left. And then I went back out and looked because it's weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I always feel guilty's not the right word, but I always feel like... Uh,
1: It's like you're inconveniencing someone. Yeah,
0: yeah. Even if they go out of their way, because I'm like, what if I don't find the headphones and they help me for 20 minutes? You know, I think the biggest thing I ever feel guilty for is wasting other people's time. Yeah. You know?
1: See, and that's a weird thing I deal with too. Even though like I frequently just drop what I'm doing to help a complete stranger, I feel bad about asking other people to do the same to me, even though it's most of the time when someone asks me for help, it's not even a thought. It's just, yes, what do you need? Yeah. I think most people are like that. Yeah. Everyone, especially in Eugene, wants to help each other. Mm -hmm. But you got to have boundaries. Someone
0: just, uh, someone actually came on my show. He asked a favor of me and uh, another friend of mine. And it was just such a big favor that it's like, I honestly can't do that. Man, I have too much going on in my own life. So sometimes I think people need boundaries. Because if you do say, like if I had said yes to that, I would have been spread so thin.
1: Mm -hmm. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, that's important. The other night someone, I was dropping some people off and... He asked me, like, hey, can you drive me out to this place? It's, like, 10 miles off Lorraine Highway. And I was Oof, like, man, yeah. it's already 2 in the morning. That's going to be, like, a 30-minute drive. I want to go to bed. Did you say no? I said no. Oh, okay, good. And so, like, the boundaries are definitely good. Mm-hmm. I'm
0: tempted to try a dirtball. You have a spiel for him? Give, him, give, a, give a spiel of what got you uh, keeping on this path. Because it seems like at some point, I don't know, man, like, I'll, I'll probably give up podcasts for a while. Um. I mean, it's got to be like a tough, arduous journey to get these in stores everywhere.
1: Well, I mean, that's kind of what I want is like, I want a long-term goal and a challenge that helps me grow. And there's also a larger mission attached to Dirt Balls. Dirt Balls are just the first step because Dirt Balls are the product and then SnackTack is the company. And the overall mission of Snack is to fight depression globally by promoting healthy diets, strong communities, and connections to nature through thoughtfully designed products and experiences. Mm. And so having that goal in mind is like, I don't know. There's there's never a time when I think about actually giving up on it. There's times when it's really hard, but it's just... It's not, oh, I'm just going to give up. It's, oh, I got to push through this and just get to the next, like, it's waves. It's up and down. Yeah. And I just got to push through this down period to get to the next up. I like it. For the calmest goal of Snack Tack. Yeah. <laughs> Trademark. No.
0: Um, so, I like it. Do you have a... First do,
1: you want, off, do you want to hear the the spiel, though? Yeah, give I, it. I have, like, a ad spot that I recorded that I'm trying to get in front <laughs> of other people's podcasts. Yeah, yeah give it. It's like... A, are you in a bad mood because you have a shitty diet and you yeah. feel like crap all oh the time? Oh my gosh, yes. Well, now there's a solution. <laughs> cool. Eat dirt. Eat dirt. Dirt Balls Energy Bites. Oh. They're made of simple, natural ingredients and they're guaranteed to make you and your gut biome extremely happy. Get those Cheetos out of here and eat dirt today. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I feel like it won't hit
0: for older people. It'd be like, why would I eat dirt? But I've actually bought dirt. Like you can buy dirt from like these Himalayan mountains. It's called like yeah. this weird word like shija or something. It tasted so bad. I only took two doses of it, but I'm like, oh man. So I like the, I like the concept. I just took a bite. I don't want to eat too much because I just spend the whole show eating, but it was delicious, man. I'm not a papaya guy, but surprisingly it didn't turn me off of him. I'm going to, I'm going to love them. Thank you very much for bringing me some. Where? Do,
1: Thanks for trying them.
0: Yeah, where where are they? Are they just in like co op kind of stores and like the Vita or the Kiva.
1: I mean, right now, Sequential Biofuels over on McVeigh has them. Cool. And if they're still in stock, the Sunstone Organics Kratom storefront. Night. Nice. You you fuck with Kratom? A little bit. I mean, one of my one of my good friends. Uh, runs the business. Like, his dad started it. This had cradle that, in it right here. And now he's nice. Yeah, I mean, white vein, I think, gives me a really good energy. Red vein, I didn't get much out of. They're all the same. Red me. Da is, is kind of nice.
0: They're all the same. They're all the same. They're all the same leaves and everything. People the, will lie. They're all from the same tree.
1: It could be placebo. Yeah. But it's also, like, you you can see the change in the leaf as it grows. Yeah. And... I'm inclined to think that, like, I I trust ancient Eastern medicine on a certain level.
0: I bet the, I bet they wouldn't beat a, a an A B testing of like, is this white or red? I got I bet people wouldn't do better. Than That'd be interesting. It, I would, I would down, to love
1: to participate in that. Let's do it sometime. <laughs> it comes
0: down to dose. Like, if you take a small dose, it'll feel like white. If you take two ta- two teaspoons, it'll feel like red. See, but, but I always t- took a big dose. Did you? Oh, <laughs> if you take a small dose. Sometimes that's the way... And I've actually started brewing it because my my overall thoughts on Kratom cr- cr- or however you're Cretom supposed to say I think, is correct. I w- you cannot drink it right after you woke up, which I sadly did today. But if you get on a habit of drinking it, as soon as you wake up, like, oh, man, I'll just replace coffee with Kratom, cr- which I have done. I, I had to get off coffee. Mm-hmm. Caffeine is... The single worst substance for me. It, really? It's horrific. <laughs> um, but then kratom just can't fit that spot. I just have to wake up and not have any substances
1: for some reason. I was making this but really gnarly wake up drink for a little bit. Yeah, and I feel like <laughs> kratom would have been good in it because it was it was moringa leaf, turmeric, black pepper, and coconut oil. Mm, okay. And the moringa, I would like, I would steep in hot water for a little bit. Nice. And moringa just tastes really foul, but it's really Mm. good and anti-inflammatory. Yeah.
0: I've gone that same path where I'm like, oh, I'll have cacao and turmeric. Like, just eating something horrible that's supposedly good for me. And then at some point, I'm just like, I don't care. (laughs) This is so awful. But I mean, after drinking Kratom daily for almost three years now, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty good at stomaching bad tastes, you know?
1: And there's a lot to be said for doing something difficult in the morning. Oh my God, just, not, they don't mean that no it, it, <laughs> i think you
0: inject yourself with something There's no something it, it's to
1: be... a it's a mental thing because if you wake yeah. up and you're like i could have a really sweet sugary coffee that i like Ooh. or i could drink this gnarly healthy wake-up beverage yeah you're just like you're overcoming a mental obstacle first thing in the morning
0: yeah but have you ever like puked in your mouth when you do it? like <laughs> i'm drinking something so bad
1: i've come close i have a really strong <laughs> stomach
0: Oh <laughs> uh, I do I guess I kinda do too. I don't know. The the thing I've been most loving lately, you ever fucked with Fenibet? Fenibute?
1: Fenibute? Is that some kind of new tropic? You
0: could say it's a an nootropic and lie to yourself, which I've been doing, but it's... phenibut. Uh, phenibut. I, I like calling it alcohol 2.0. It's like exactly like alcohol, Whoa. except you're drunk for two, like four hours. It takes like an hour to kick in, but you're pretty much drunk for just the best parts of drunk. Not like the losing control of yourself, just like the no inhibitions, yeah. feeling incredible. The bubbliness. Yeah, almost right. like a Xanaxy kind of thing, which I've never tried Xanax, but uh, it, it fucks with GABA. So I know it's similar to that. Um, so how, you're pretty how, do you, much, how do you spell it? P-H-E-N-U-B, or wait, I-B-U-T, Phenibut. Um, and it's just a legal powder. You can just buy it. I get it off lift mode. Um, you just can't take it too often, so I've been taking it every day for the past couple of hours. <laughs> <I'm kidding>. um-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I took it twice this morning. <laughs> no,
0: um, but it, it's really cool because I've never really drank alcohol. I'll drink maybe five drinks a year. Because, again, like, it's funny, the the, the the substances I hate the most are alcohol and nicotine, or alcohol and caffeine. Uh, caffeine. Nicotine's okay. I wish there was a way of getting it into my system that I liked. I haven't tried patches. I might actually try a patch. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested in that. But, yeah, because, I mean, let's think of alcohol, man. You drink it, you feel good for, like, 20 or 30, and I hate weed. Weed's the third biggest one I hate, me personally. Um, alcohol, you feel really good for like 30 minutes and then you just have a couple hours of feeling bad. Like, mm-hmm. That's not worth it. the The cost benefit of most legal substances are not as good as some other substances or like even lesser known, Kratom and Phenibut are both legal.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I pray the FDA keeps its hands off Kratom. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because like my, my friend has, a, has to deal with them all the time and mm. it's a pain. That would be. But yeah, alcohol... Alcohol is a weird one. It is. I'm, I definitely have alcoholism in me and in my family. Really? So it's hard. I, I definitely don't drink much, usually just when I'm at a party or something. What's
0: having alcoholism in you like? Like you drink one beer and you just want more?
1: Well, it's like if I open a bottle of wine, I'm finishing a bottle of wine. Mm. I get that I mean, it's.
0: I'm actually going to fit uh, that joke into my stand I'm going to try to stand up sometime. Really? Um, but it's the reason I'm so much, uh drug abuser substance abuser drug addict is because i'm very convincing to myself so i'm like yeah, like you have the like okay i'll just open the bottle of wine i'll have one step you're like you know what i opened it i don't want to go back like you convince yourself you find a way to be like you know what like, i won't feel worse from one more glass and then you're like well i'm already two glasses deep might as well have a third like you find ways of convincing yourself
1: yeah i mean for me it's it's just like i have problems like overdoing a lot of things yeah And when I I drink a little bit of wine, it's just like, or if I smoke a little bit of weed or do mostly any drug, the the voice that says I've had enough just completely goes away. Oh, wow. So, like, the only voice that is still there is take some more. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten much better at that, I think, because I'm meditating a lot lately. You have? Yeah. I've just started. I got Sam
0: Harris's meditation app, waking up.
1: (laughs) Uh, You know, I don't... I don't know how I feel about apps and like... Yeah. I, I saw this... Have you ever seen the Muse meditation headband? Oh, or tweets or chirps or something? Sort of. It's like, it's a thing you put on your head and it reads your brain activity. Oh, man. And when your thoughts start to pick up, it plays calming weather noises to That's like so bring you funny. back down. Yeah. And I have this internal debate about it. It's like on the one hand, meditation... supposed to be a practice and it's supposed to be difficult Mm -hmm. and you do it for a long time and like the the act of pushing through the difficulty is part of the benefit yeah but is that just a stupid human bias that i have in me and would i get a lot more benefit if i did use the technology Mm -hmm. i won't know until i decide to try the technology
0: i'm against apps like calm and stuff where it's like you're watching something as you're meditating like a box Mm. expanding and quieting Uh, Sam Harris's app is just something you play and he's just like he's done Vipassana and TM and all the different kinds and he just tells you the methods and then after you Mm. you go through you learn like pretty much because people go to meditation masters people would go to Maharaji or all these different things and learn it so this is a way of learning it and then you do the uh, Naval Ravikant method which is what I'm eventually gonna do after I've learned the methods from Sam Harris Mm. of just sitting for 60 minutes a day for at least 60 days Mm. And doing nothing, you don't have to even try to control your thoughts. You just it's like a he says, it's like an email inbox that you just kind of work your way through, yeah. Um, but my best, like, best uh, hack of uh, a meditation would probably be psychedelics. I think a uh, very heavy psychedelic use for a year of my life, um, back when I was up at college, mm-hmm. I would never do those anymore. I was, just, you know, um, but uh, that that got me very, 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 very far, very quickly.
1: Have you ever? enjoyed them oh yeah definitely i haven't applied it in a meditative setting very much which i i want to but psychedelics definitely have had a big positive impact on my life nice and i think it's like i look at most things as just a tool to interface with the universe Mm. and psychedelics are a really powerful tool for that interfacing with the universe what's the
0: universe everything around us or you the
1: what is the universe
0: i mean what are you interfacing with like reality
1: well so yeah there there's a reality i believe in in a divine consciousness nice like an energy that seeps into everything
0: like you are everyone
1: well, I so my 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 spirituality is built on Christianity, Buddhism, and Hinduism. Nice. And part of Hindu is the god Vishnu, is like this great deity who's just reclining up in space, mm-hmm. and everything is a part of Vishnu. Yeah. And this is probably a gross oversimplification. This is definitely a gross oversimplification. <laughs> it of might it. be, but it's like that's how I look <laughs> at everything. Is like, like a huge book. and the Bhagavad <laughs> Gita isn't. It's like. Western people don't understand this. There's so much more to Hinduism than the Bhagavad ah. Gita. There's the Ramayana. There's all these other great epic stories. Yeah. Like... But so like we're all part of this the great spirit, call it Vishnu, call it God, call it the universe, Holy Spirit, whatever you want. Yeah. And that energy flows through everything. And these these human bodies are really limited in our ability to connect with that energy. Hmm, and psychedelics help.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I've I've been developing my own like religious thoughts, and it, it <laughs> does it builds on uh, Har Krishna Hinduism and uh, Theravada Buddhism, and a little bit of Christianity. Just the praying part of Christianity, I think that's important. Um, I think all most religions are good. Some Abrahamic religions are questionable. Um, but I think religion, like everyone, should really look into their spiritual belief. I don't like anyone who I, I like everyone. Um, I don't think it's good for people to go into a dogmatic religious belief and be like, yep, yeah, this is unquestionable. Like, you should be questioning it and find something that makes sense to you that you can believe. I think everyone should mix and mash everything and maybe add a little bit of their own in there, you know?
1: Definitely. I mean, so I, I – the thing with religions is there are humans involved. Mm-hmm. And anytime there's a human involved, kind of like we were talking about earlier – Like, there are people who use Buddhism, which is just a really peaceful religion. They use Buddhism to justify mass violence in Myanmar. Mm. And so, like, anytime humans are involved, there is going to be chaos and destruction. Yeah. And people are always going to... Like, it it does not make any sense to use Jesus's name to justify violence. But people do it because we're humans and... I think everyone knows it's wrong to hurt somebody and to carry out violence. Well... And so you just need to fabricate some kind of justification for it. Yeah. And if you're a Christian, that's kind of your go-to justification for everything.
0: Or, or whatever religion Yeah, whatever you are. religion you are. Yeah, yeah, you have the axiom to fall back on. Exactly. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, but so you, you... Do you actually believe like... Uh, well it wasn't Krishna. Who is the Hindu god that you think was up there or you believe was Vishnu. up there? You believe Vishnu over Christian god? Well and Buddhism so doesn't I, have a god, right?
1: There I think people gods. get hung up on the names too much. Mm-hmm. Cause to me there's there is this divine truth that we're all connected to in some way. Yeah. And Vishnu God, god Whatever you want to call like, it. Like Allah it's all different words for the same thing to me. Yeah, and people, but people care about the words a lot.
0: Yeah, they do. <laughs> they spent their whole lives <laughs> saying that one word, and if you say a different word for the same thing, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, I, I, I kind of get it. So, in terms of psychedelics, w- w- have you ever played around with DMT or, or what kinds have you enjoyed?
1: No DMT yet. Just. Yeah. Salvia a nice couple order. times in high school. Oh, man. <laughs> Most, and then since then, mostly acid and mushrooms. Nice. And I lean towards, you know, actually, for a while I was more in favor of mushrooms than LSD, but now it's both like the different tools. They're yeah. not the same thing. They're the same thing. They have the different, thing. different experiences, different trips. They're the same thing. They're not. They're literally different chemicals. <laughs>
0: They all break down to Psilocybin serotonin. Psilocybin
1: and lysergic, di- dimethylene, lysergic acid dimethylene yeah. are different chemicals with different chemical structures that interface with your neurotransmitters in different ways. Barely. And the visuals and physical sensations that I have with the two different drugs are different.
0: Mm, a little bit. I don't know. I'd argue that DMT, LSD, um, and uh, mushrooms are all pretty much just serotonin. They're all just 5-HT2A. They're all serotonin, you know, it's not like they're like these crazy drugs that aren't in your brain already. They all break down to the same drug. It's just DMT is straightly serotonin like it's just cleaves off one uh, benzene ring or something along like just one atom away from serotonin. Whereas psilocybin has to break off like two things. So you eat the mushrooms and you get like a slow release of serotonin. So it's like a slower release and then LSD Is like a super potent, but even take like it releases over longer. I'm pretty
1: sure they're Mm. all So you're saying so what you're saying is these chemicals, the process of them breaking down in your brain is different for each chemical. Yes. So as you as you experience the process differently. But it's not about to me it's not about the end point, it's about the journey. And if the journey if the chemical journey is different, to me those are different experiences. But the world you're entering is the same. Once you
0: hit when you're on a psychedelic things become different in a very similar fashion. Like like wood grains will kind of flow in a very similar way, clouds will kind of glitch in a very like like you know trees you start seeing the whole tree moving like there's a yeah. psychedelic world or a psychedelic way of your 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 eyes no longer being able to focus as well and seeing everything. Like psychedelics have a very similar effect to one another.
1: Yeah, I would say similar, but I would also I I think most people would agree that DMT is in a completely different class than LSD and By psilocybin. No means. Because with those two, you're having kind of a different perception on the w- regular world. But from what I've heard about DMT, you get completely sucked into this other plane of existence. Have no. you done DMT? I,
0: I, so I've actually done uh, DMT almost daily, sometimes multiple times a day for about a year, no, not a year, probably like seven or eight months of my life when I was up in Corvallis.
1: I think that's too much. No, <laughs>
0: so because it's just, if you do a low dose, or if, even if, if you, you microdose micro DMT. No, I would do, even if you do high doses, but you're in the light <laughs> and you're walking around, you literally go into the uh, mushroom or LSD world. It's the exact same, except as soon as you stop vaping it, you come right back down after like a minute or two. So I like it because I hate being stuck in there with like things like mushrooms mm-hmm. and LSD. But if you do it in the dark, laying down with no noise, you're gone, you're gone. It's, it's, it's the most surreal thing to no longer have a body. And that's like why on the show I've said a bunch, I don't think I've even said I've tried DMT on the show, but um, I said like, you're not your, you're not your body. And Mm -hmm. the next level is like, you're not even your thoughts. Like you're just whatever's experiencing and watching it, which I believe is the universal consciousness or whatever this is, but they're all the same, man. And DMT, you know, you by no means leave every time if you do it in one specific way, I think Mm -hmm. you can leave. But if you can ground yourself by like seeing things, it almost becomes like, there's a picture of like what a stroke looks like, Mm -hmm. um, where it's everything becomes like foreign. Like I couldn't name a glass, like everything gets weird. It gets like that. It's like a very high dose of uh, LSD or mushrooms, but very short-lasting. Um, but again, that's just serotonin. They've done it in rats where they, if they kill a rat, but they, level, they measure the levels of serotonin and it skyrockets when you die. Mm-hmm. It just dumps it all. So death and a very high dose of something that mimics or uh, acts as serotonin are, I would argue, very similar experiences.
1: I don't know. <laughs> well, I think I think you've done a lot more research into serotonin than I have, so I, I can't really speak on the same level as you. Mm. But with different psychedelics, um, I forget the name of the artist, but there was this artist who did a bunch of different drugs mm. and then drew a self-portrait on oh, each drug. Oh yeah, you know yeah, the guy I'm talking totally. about. Or oh, I saw the picture. And the the fact that like his his LSD and his psilocybin drawings looked different and they looked like my experience yeah. with those drugs okay. is an indication to me that they have different chemical like things happening well, in your let's put brain. it this
0: way. Have two of your mushroom trips ever been <laughs> the same or two of your LSD trips? They're always different. Every psychedelic trip is always different from every other psychedelic trip you've ever had. That's the whole thing about those substances. I've never really had, like, even if you try to recreate a trip, like, the same time of day, the same, Mm -hmm. like, music and everything, you just, you're
1: you're still a different person going into it. Yeah. So So it won't be the same.
0: Trips are always different in that expense, in that sense. So if you change drugs, it's just, for me, for me, psychedelics are are never the same drug. And if you try to force, like, man, that was so perfect last time, I'm going to do it again. I always have the worst times when I try to do that.
1: Well, and so, so tell me a little bit about serotonin. Like, what about serotonin... Like, what's the link between serotonin and the psychedelic visuals?
0: So, and the psychedelic visual. Because psychedelics... So, just on, on a second, everyone says, like, DMT is the, the neurotransmitter. DMT yeah, just turns into serotonin. Molecule. Yeah, it, turns in, <laughs> it just turns into serotonin. So, let's just say serotonin. All these drugs are more or less serotonin. 5HT2A, which is one specific serotonin receptor. And as far as I'm aware, it either reduces or increases, but I'm pretty sure it reduces your alpha brainwaves, which allows you to focus in on something. So when you take nicotine, it increases it, it helps you focus, it helps Mm -hmm. you stop the anxiety in your life, you stop focusing on everything, you can focus better. Psychedelics reduce that ability to focus on everything and then you start seeing, um, when you look at a tree and you know those classic psychedelics you see when the tree moves, Mm -hmm. it's because now you're no longer just focusing on one leaf, then another leaf, then another leaf. You're seeing the whole tree. And you kind of, you get to watch it all move at once. or you get yeah. to, you know, so, and I don't know if, have you ever seen like a jet flying overhead when you're on psychedelics and it like moves around a bunch because your eyes are just kind of all over the place?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Um, so pretty much just the psychic, the, the visual part is I honestly believe that it's always kind of going on. We're just really good at closing it out. Mm. And then, because I mean, people who have near death experiences always say that time dilates and visuals and like uh, space distorts. Pretty much the very similar things that happen when you're on psychedelics. And what mm-hmm. happens in a near-death experience? Your serotonin spikes. None of this is proven. I'm literally talking yeah. on my ass, but these I have read a bunch of studies that all kind of coincide. No one's just put them together yet. Because you can't, you can't study someone's serotonin while they're alive, really.
1: And I think that kind of to me, that links back to my earlier point about like humans having a limited faculty to interface with the universe. Absolutely. And then psychedelics expand that 100% because 10% like, agree with you there it's it's like if if, if you were constantly noticing everything that's happening you'd yeah. go insane
0: or you wouldn't be good at survival which yeah. is really like what we're quote-unquote here for 100% agree so it, it almost is like hacking the spirituality
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah I don't know man um the one I've never tried is 5-MeO-DMT I've just tried NN dimethyltryptamine 5 meos, where it's just like you're gone um, but you need a trip sitter there because people obviously like convulse and all these things. Definitely. Um, but I'm like, that one's in that's the Toad Venom one. That's the one Mike Tyson. I got into DMT because of Mike Tyson on Joe Rogan's show. Mike Tyson <laughs> did the no 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 yeah. And I'm like, Yeah, I'll try that. And all the ingredients of it are free. So I made it while I was up at Corvallis and I like tried it and then I'm like, Cool, that was a fun time. And now I don't really need it anymore. I don't know. It was uh it was definitely a very useful tool in progressing my consciousness though.
1: Mm-hmm. And think. that's what it is. It's like, it's a, it's a tool. Yeah. All substances That, that are tools. not everybody needs and some people really need it. Yeah. And I think some people... Good point. Like most of my drug use has been recreational. Yeah. So I can't really speak to like using psilocybin in a really medicinal way. Mm. I've only microdosed occasionally. Yeah. But it's like as psilocybin gets more and more legal like it's legal in colorado i'm confident it's going to be legal in oregon soon but we're gonna see it used more and more correctly in the therapeutic ways yeah like to me the per- the ultimate use of psilocybin would be like take a bunch of people suffering from mental health problems give them some microdoses, and let's go walk around in the woods and talk about our feelings yeah i think mdma would be better for that why not both make like because mushrooms because let, let's make uh let's make a whole therapeutic pill that's like mdma psilocybin lion's mane extract magnesium in there yeah
0: <laughs> yeah maybe man i'd be very hesitant about giving mentally uh people struggling with mental health a uh, pretty much 100 years of meditation in a couple hours that'd be very very i think those people should meditate i think they should Mm -hmm. as much as i dislike it i think therapy is good for a lot of people and a very useful thing i just think they should be more open with their own personal medical records Mm -hmm. um i don't know man i used to be there too i used to be like everyone the entire world should take uh psychedelics now i think a lot of people would do a lot of good with uh mdma or mda Mm -hmm.
1: um well, there's, there's very few things that I recommend to everyone. Yeah, totally. Just like flat out. Blanket. Like meditation and drinking more water are pretty much yeah. the only two things I universally recommend to everybody.
0: Absolutely. I used to write that on my hand as my trip thing is drink water, go pee. So if I was ever like, why am I feeling so weird? I'd mm. go drink water and go pee. I'm like, oh, I'm better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because those tend to be, you tend to get so caught up in like internal journey or whatever. It's funny. I've never taken um, psychedelics recreationally. The only time I did was that one year at country fair where mm. it did not end well. <laughs> um, so I tend to take them like alone, with maybe some music or a podcast or something, and just kind of like internal reflection. Yeah. Time. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. So outside of psychedelics, what are your favorite tools that you have used in life?
1: Well, I I drink coffee every morning. <sighs> I drink. That's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's what's crazy, is to me, like, I know I'm taking drugs when yeah. I drink coffee. Yeah. Like, ca- caffeine is the most popular drug in the world. Oh, yeah. But it's people a, don't think of it as a drug. Baby amphetamine. Even though, it obviously, it is. It, oh, is, baby my God. Meth. it is And it's It like, is. <laughs> baby, baby meth. <laughs> But I drink a whole French press of coffee every morning. A oh, French mo- press, mostly because of, oh Lord. mostly because of habit and addiction. Yeah, but also lately I've been putting lion's mane and cordyceps in it, that so it's like help. that helps a little bit. It's like I mean, I'm it's taking, great, I'm it's great placebo. Vaccine. Yeah, and there's a lot of science uh, into the benefits of lion's mane and cordyceps. Yeah, like, lion's mane promotes neurogenesis. Mm-hmm. and helps with depression and anxiety yes cordyceps is a vasodilator but or like could, it helps vasodilation but you could take
0: these without the caffeine it's like yeah I but feel, i like the caffeine i fill up like my I heroin like needle with just like a
1: little bit of like advil <laughs> or
0: something you know like it helps
1: <laughs> no but it's like i i am a drug addict That's like, I, caffeine but yeah. I, I just it's a comfort thing and it's totally. my morning routine
0: i was like. in it i just got off of it less than two weeks ago dude <laughs> I, I actually kind of got off it by weaning myself with decaf. I'd have one <laughs> cup a day and I'd start waking up feeling like shit till I drank it. But uh, Rain had the, uh, like, the coffee, everyone hangs out and gets together. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'll casually, like, drink three cups of coffee. And driving home, like, I was like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I
0: was actually <laughs> shaking. I felt, like, lightheaded. Like, my thoughts were running. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, this yeah. is the worst
1: drug I've ever had. Yeah. And in, in my high school, we had this, like, grad night celebration mm-hmm. where they, like, they just have a bunch of fun activities so that the kids don't go off and get too drunk and die yeah on graduation night mm. and they had a coffee bar okay and my friend and i had like at night yeah it was it was weird <laughs> yeah but we had like five or six big black coffees each Fuck. and i i literally had like an out-of-body experience what from drinking too much coffee you're like
0: uh frying that episode of futurama if you've ever seen it where he drinks like 99 cups of coffee and like time just stops oh god and he like saves um, <laughs> them. futurama is incredible um that's great. Wait, you've had an out-of-body experience on caffeine though?
1: Yeah, like low-key. Not, not, not no, completely low key. like floating up here looking at myself, but I felt like removed from my physical body. Yeah. Kind of in the same way as like, now that, now that I think about it, it was like kind of similar to how ketamine made me feel. Ah, I've never tried that. Ketamine's interesting. Yeah. And here, here's like, this is why I think all the drugs are different. Like, yeah. you're, you're probably going to do some research on ketamine, and you're going to be like, oh, it's just serotonin. But no, I don't think it is. Ketamine's but like a disassociative, it's not a psychedelic. Yeah. Because the thing with ketamine is like, I took it and I felt like, have you seen? Not everything's serotonin, man. Just Have psychedelics, you seen men in just black?
0: Psychedelics. Uh
1: Yes. Do you remember the little aliens inside the big bodies? Yes. Yes. I felt like that. Like I felt like I was a tiny version of myself sitting in my head, like piloting this giant version of myself. Yeah. And other people I talked to had similar experiences of being like, one person said he felt like he was his head (laughs) with limbs on it, riding Uh, a skateboard around. Yeah. And it's like, that's a very similar experience to me. Some people hate it. Some people love it.
0: I am excited to one day try it. It's
1: not something I would probably do a lot, but yeah some people do though <laughs> it's a it's a powerful antidepressant nice i don't know it yeah. does get because i think that's its medical use yeah is as
0: an antidepressant and breaking addiction and stuff like i yeah. actually watched a viceland thing about how it's used and because i have looked into it not everything's serotonin man i'm by no means saying everything's serotonin someone came on the <laughs> show and he was like weed's just serotonin i'm like weed is not just serotonin weed's a whole host of Pretty sure it's just cannabinoid system and like in your endocannabinoid, yeah, endocannabinoid system, system, which obviously probably sparks some serotonin. But like marijuana, dude, it is like making myself straight up dumber for two hours and less so, like more socially inept. Adept is the good one, and then inept is the bad one, right? Yeah, um, it makes me socially inept and just s- mentally retarded. Like my my thoughts are slowed down significantly when I smoke marijuana or eat it. So I can't do it anymore. But in high school, every day.
1: I don't know how I did yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really struggle with cannabis because like... With taking it or stopping taking it? With stopping taking ah. it. Well, because again, it goes back to just in general, impulse control and substance abuse problems. Yeah. and But the in college, I went through really serious like suicidal levels of depression. Holy cow. And so I started self-medicating because... When I would lay down to go to sleep, it would be just like, that would be the worst because I would just be alone with all these horrible thoughts and like going to sleep filled, like the thought of laying down in bed to go to sleep filled me with so much anxiety that I needed to start self-medicating with weed. Did it help
0: or make it worse? Well, I mean, it's it quieted it down for sure. Mm, It makes it louder for me. Marijuana makes my thoughts, it makes me claustrophobic, I've said it before, it makes me claustrophobic in my head. It will make me feel like that where I can't go to sleep and I just get what? like, oh my God, I can't stop thinking and I'm stuck in time. Huh. Um, marijuana does, it may be the opposite of me for everyone else, but marijuana makes me significantly more anxious and all those things.
1: Yeah, and there's a, there's a lot to like, whether you're smoking sativas or indicas and all that. Yeah. But I think, I def- in, I think in general, like, it's mostly the same effect. Like, yes. cannabis affects you in some way mm-hmm. and indica and sativa is just like yeah. more or less in one direction yeah like a red or white strain of kratom. exactly yeah
0: <laughs> hypothetically i think a
1: lot of it is placebo oh man but i love placebo oh yeah it's
0: <laughs> so cool it's very real and yeah i don't know i mean they say that it still works even if you know you're you're getting placebo but yeah. i don't see how that could possibly be like if i know okay i'm taking a sugar pill and this is supposed to make me feel better how would it possibly make me
1: feel better could i say that about anything People underestimate how powerful their minds are. Yeah, because the the placebo effect is just you basically deciding that you're gonna feel better. Mm-hmm. And it's like just having, I think, having the some physical thing to tie it to, yeah. just like solidifies the effect mm-hmm. because that makes it feel more real. Yeah, even if you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't really understand it. It doesn't know, make yeah. any
0: sense. I've watched some Jota Spends. I like it. I like the whole <laughs> placebo idea. Um, how'd you get yourself out of suicidal depression? Therapy. <laughs> 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 What'd you learn? What'd you learn out of it? It might be super... Yeah. Per- if it is, just tell me a fuck off, but...
1: Well, I mean, it, it was just like... It was a long time ago, so I don't remember the details of most of what I talked about with the therapist, but it's like the, fir- the first thing was just realizing... Because it was in the middle of watching a TED Talk where somebody else was talking about his experience with depression. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, that's me right now. Yeah. I'm depressed. Holy shit. Yeah. I got to do something about that. And I had already been self-medicating and I kept self-medicating with the weed through the, the, through the therapy. But, I mean, it's just like, it's the process of talking about it. Because at first it, it would be just like, I'm in therapy and it's like, I'm depressed. Well, how do you feel about that? Well, I'm depressed. And it's like and then it's just a slow process of like unraveling it, and you talk about it more, and like you question it. I wrote a lot, like I still have all my journals from college, yeah, and it's just like you can just like look at the shape of the words mm-hmm. in the way I was writing them to tell I was like not in a happy, stable mental state, yeah, but it's just like it's it's a long process the first step is you have to engage with the darkness and I think because I had been trying to push it down and mm-hmm. for a long time and just keep keep it moving but that's unsustainable yeah and then I
0: imagine because if I smoked weed every day I'd probably be depressed too just because I'd be socially worse and then if my social interactions go worse a mm-hmm. lot of my life would go worse
1: I mean a lot of what weed does for me is like It just shuts everything else down. Mm, Nice, because it's like, yeah. I mean, part of what it does is it it makes everything that's not right in front of me kind of go away. Yeah, and it makes, but it also makes me really apathetic, and Mm. and that's what I don't like about it. Yeah, I think apathy is not a horrible thing.
0: Like not caring, not caring about stuffs like one of the foundational tenets of Buddhism, isn't it? Yeah. Different kind of apathy?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, I, uh, especially I don't smoke weed during the day much anymore. Mm, nice. Because if I smoke, I'll have a thought, like, hey, man, you really need to do this thing. Yeah. But then the weed voice is just like, nah, it doesn't matter that much. Uh, Let's just smoke another bowl. Yeah. then Then we'll get to it. That's <laughs> <definitely funny. laughs> yeah, that's kind of...
0: I can't do stuff. See, when I smoke marijuana, like on the very occasion, like once a year, I'll like be like, you know what? Maybe it's not as bad as I always thought it is for me personally. Like I'll do it. Though the, I actually had someone come and we were like going to do a show together and he wanted to like smoke a joint. I'm like, yeah, well, you know what? I'll try it. I haven't tried in like a year. Uh-oh. And that was the first <laughs> time that I was like, I like texted Kenzie. I'm like, I am having a bad time. Like after he left and I was just like alone, I was like, I have so many things I want to do, but I literally can't do them. Yeah. Like I actually, it, it stops me from being able to do shit. Like I'll start, start, sit down and start to type or like edit audio or anything things that I have to do. And I'm like, I can't, my thoughts are going and I just, you know, I can't focus. So I'm like, this is awful. So I just laid down, you mm. know, it went away, but.
1: It's like, it really, it widens the gap between thought and action.
0: Ooh. Yeah.
1: That's exactly what it does. It takes me out of the
0: present moment. That's what it does. Yeah. I'm normally very, mm. I think in the present moment and conscious and it removes me from the present moment. And it's like, I'm living on a delay and I'm like, well, I hate this. Definitely. I don't know. Cause that's not my goal in life. I like being in the, in the present moment.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The present moment is pretty tight. Sick, bro.
0: (laughs) Mindfulness is important. Yeah. I guess that's, that's a lot of what Sam Harris is. I've only started like two days ago. Um, you're supposed to listen to one a day. I've been listening to like five a day. I want to speed through it so I can get on to Naval's meditation.
1: I don't know if that's the right thing, though, man. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, mean you, can, you do do you. Yeah. But, but to me, it's like I meditate 10 minutes in the morning, mm-hmm. and then I just meditate for as long as I feel like in the evening. Nice. For me, personally, it's about the the long-term practice of it. mm. Yeah, and part of that is for my like my specific goals is I want more discipline overall in my life. Yeah. So rather than trying to like front load my enlightenment, ah. I, <laughs> I I want to have a consistent practice over time. Yeah. To build discipline in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to get there
0: as quick as I can, man. <laughs> um, it's so funny because whenever someone tries to talk me out of it, like someone uh, came on the show, we didn't talk about it on the show, but beforehand. Um, I told him, like, yeah, I was like like I, I like a lot of different substances, and he's like, oh, you gotta watch out about going too fast because um, you know, God or whatever it will 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 stop you up and keep you back on track with something like a car crash. I'm like, that's just a lot of fear-based thinking, man. Like, I don't Whoa. think if you told Elon Musk that's like weird. hey man, Elon Musk, you might want to slow down, man. He's <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, I'm g- no, no, that's that's no. I'm gonna keep <laughs> fucking going. I'm like, yeah, like I want to get to the next level of mental uh, whatever I'm doing in life, mental, physical world stuff as i can you know
1: that makes sense
0: right so i'm like i mean i think a lot of people would be like you should not have taken dmt that much but i'm like that's how literally all this is paul poly- i haven't told the story on the show like for like one minute so i did the watched joe rogan and uh, talked to mike tyson i was convinced to try it ordered it tried it found someone on reddit who had also recently tried it yeah he gave me quite a bit of cash flew me to la i got to meet joe rogan Uh, I did some shows with him because he he was just some very wealthy guy who tried DMT. He's like, I want to talk to someone about it. I'm like, I could come down. We could do a show. So I got both these mics and this laptop and a flight to LA for like a week and put up in a hotel because... Because you wanted to try DMT. Because I wanted to try DMT. And then I went on Reddit. (laughs) It was this person I've never met before. And
1: then was it the the guy in the picture with you and Joe Rogan on your Instagram? No, that different was guy?
0: that was a different. That was just a fun. That was just a kid I know um, who sure. I love. He's he's. I'm gonna have him on the show next time I make it to L.A. Um, that the person who who gave me money for this. Like he's like, let's do a show together. And then once you grow the show, have me on. And he's like, you were one of the best investments I made because he just blew all his money trying to get the word out about how incredible DMT is. Love the guy. Wow. He's a little, he's out there, but I think anyone who's really trying to make the world different is out there. So that's how nuts really trying to speed up the world goes. I think it helps you rather than hurts you. So I'll listen to 10 Sam Harris
1: meditations tomorrow yeah i mean that's the thing i don't care what you do right at the end of the day
0: i I guess it just goes against the it goes back to the whole like slow progress every day versus just like speeding through and then taking rest and speeding and rest yeah which is how i think we're built i don't think we're built to be like machines who just chug along every day Mm. i think we are meant to like sprint and recover yeah sprint recover rest reassess see where you did go into a deep rest state and then sprint again that's how i've been living my life Hmm. um and because of that, I have multiple facets. Like if I'm, I'll probably get to episode 100 or I'm going to get to episode 50. So I'm going to do like five more shows and then I'm going to take a rest for about a month and a half of this. And Definitely. Then, Good call. Right? Just over the holiday seasons. Who wants to be listening to podcast? Like some random fucking person talking. Yeah. Well, they should be spending time with their family. So then I'm going to restart back up uh, early in January. So I'm going to take a rest from this after a long sprint. And I'm going to sprint in a different way. I'm going to finish a book that I'm going to get out. And then I'll have that published by the end of the year. So like, I like having multiple facets that I can go and I can rest in one sprint. Like you could probably rest your dirt ball, sprint your music, rest your music, sprint your dirt ball, Mm -hmm. you know, because they are different motivation levels.
1: I don't look at it that way. Because it's it's like the the healthy diets, strong communities and connections to nature. Mm -hmm. It's all part of one thing for me. Nice. And... I think a lot of people recommend against trying to build like multiple different things at once. But for me, Welcome. I'm building a few parts of a large thing. Nice. And I think that's part of why I want to take a patient approach to it. Because mm. I, I could sprint and get dirt balls going faster. Nationwide, baby. <laughs> what? Nationwide. <laughs> Nationwide. I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. I, I'm playing the long game. I definitely could put more effort into the short game. But I'm like I don't know. It's like bit by bit. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to I am trying to change the world and I feel like I need to keep myself in a balanced state to do that. Yeah. And that's why I don't really want to burn myself out on anything. Yeah. Cuz when I when I was studying animation, part of I think part of the reason I went through such bad depression is because the the work schedule i was on with the animation classes was just like so many late nights so much grind just get it all done be drawing all the time and i was just like burning the candle at both ends and yeah. the middle and like do you ever draw anymore oh all the time <laughs> Never. not 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 all the <laughs> time even pick but up sometimes a anymore. <laughs> i i when was the last time i drew Oh, this morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you could animate a, a song of yours. Like you could, you could animate a music video.
1: I think I would rather like direct another animator. Uh, okay. Because yeah. I know the language of animation. Mm, nice. But there's a lot of people who are much more technically skilled with the yeah. animation than I am. Because that's what they do. They're animators. Nice. I
0: can't draw for shit. Um, I actually wrote a children's book, and I'm trying to get someone else to illustrate. I really want it mm. to be in watercolor. But I can't... I seriously cannot paint. I bought a whole oil painting kit. I tried acrylics. I've tried watercolor. I've tried drawing.
1: Well, how long How long did you practice? Oh,
0: I, di- minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an amount of time. Not not very long. Not very long at all. Um, but with most things I try, I can, I can tell if there's any give there. Like, mm. as soon as I picked up a guitar, I could feel a little bit of give. Like, it still took four months to learn taking home country roads. But, like, Definitely. I could feel that there was give. And when I do... Uh, spatial, like, physical arts, there's no give whatsoever. Interesting. And uh, I've tried, like, those f- art art fundamental things where, like, step one is you draw a bunch of cubes and then you draw a bunch of circle, like, all those things. Like, I'm like, I might try that if I ever get into it. I just don't know if it's for me. But I want it to be for me, kind of.
1: Hmm. Think, that's an interesting way to think of it. Like, there's... Whether or not there's give there. Yeah. Like, podcasting, there was some give. Yeah.
0: Uh, music, there was some give. Writing, there's some give. Video, there's some give. But, dude... Making short films and shit, and I want to make a feature-length film sometime, yeah. is fucking difficult because you have to get, like, seven people or, like, three or five people schedule all to come together. And then – so this this is the biggest thing that got me away. I made one really good, sh- funny short film, and mm-hmm. I tried to make another. I had, like, five people drive up from Eugene um, and a couple – when I was in Corvallis. And we were all here. It was going great. I, I like, had all the gear – and then the building manager came. He's like, why? I didn't give you permission to be here, but someone else did. So I was like, are you kidding me? So I just oh, no. wasted like five people's time. Fuck. So I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Because I paid for everyone's gas and I, I got pizza. And then I'm like, well, this was for shit then. So that got me completely out of making short films.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. <sighs> I, I shot a music video back in like March or something. Mm-hmm. And I invited a bunch of people to come be in it. But... No one showed up, Ah, and it wound up being fine. Me, me, and the videographer had a good little shoot. Shouts out Aaron O'Gara. Nice. He's he's a really talented guy, real sweet person too. Yeah. But yeah, it's it is definitely difficult to organize a lot of people. Like that's what that's what blows my mind about like the Stanley Kubricks of the world. Yeah. Is how? (laughs) Well, yeah, money money helps. Money helps, (laughs) but you also just have to have such an obsessive vision. Yeah, and just so much. Drive and probably a lot of really good helpers. Yes, but if you had ten grand to pay
0: for like like five hundred bucks for people to come to your music video, you would have. They'll be a little more motivated. Yeah, I didn't have
1: any money to pay these people. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's the tough part
0: about a lot of these. That's why I love uh, podcasts, is because I kind of have something to offer someone, like a platform they can always return as guests. Like, but everything else I was doing was asking for people's time without anything in return. So that's why I came up with this. I'm like, I want to give people something. Mm-hmm. uh you know a shitty one-sided conversation i'm kidding <laughs> no like, like me just talking at someone for like an hour um would know, be a
1: bad podcast huh? that'd be a bad you, podcast yeah. you just need a different guest to talk at every oh week <laughs> they
0: say like two words <laughs> oh my god yeah i don't know man i really want to start like a podcast network like once i if i get this job and i go uh, get a third mic on a setup like a studio. And then I want to – anyone who's nearby who wants to make a podcast, like if you wanted to start up one, like you could come use the gear. You just have to book it so everyone would know when people are doing. And then we could all share guests and we could all have each other on so we could Mm -hmm. all like help grow together, you know? And it'd be cool to get like five or six
1: people. I mean, I think Eugene needs a lot of that. Yeah. Because everyone is trying – everyone wants to do stuff, Mm -hmm. but Eugene just needs more infrastructure. Yeah. Because like you're doing a podcast – I know a guy, David, who has a podcast. My friend Andrea just started doing a like true crime murder podcast mm. called Grab Your Pitchforks. Nice. And it's like a lot of people get scared. Like I know there are a lot of people in this town who want to start a podcast, yeah. but then they, they just say, oh, I don't know what equipment I need. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to edit audio. Yeah. I don't know this and that. But if they got the Facebook ad that's like, Come to Tiger Town yeah. Studios. But it'd, be free. it'd
0: be free. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have people pay. It's you just have to know how to work. Like I teach people how to work the gear for like an hour, mm-hmm. and then be like, just book people, start up a show. And like I would love to be to offer that to people for free.
1: That'd yeah, be so
0: cool. That'd be so cool.
1: I mean, that's why I want a, re- a recording studio in my house. Yeah, because like I, I have a. I have like i call it the studio but it's just like a half decent microphone and a keyboard uh, yeah but like i have people over to record their music like jonathan like, bubba Yon came over yeah like Jan, the baseline yawn boy and my friend jj everybody listened to water boy uh, on on spotify because so like he's a he's a really good talented guy nice he recorded some of his songs at my house i just want to help people and that's yeah. why i want to be rich it's so ah! like it's so like, funny cuz like if if you were rich you yeah. could just have the studio and oh, yeah. not worry about the business model mm-hmm. and just help people. Oh yeah. Cuz like letting people record for free is a terrible business model. Yeah. But it's a great community service. I think it's a long-term business model. Like it won't pay off
0: now, but if you help a dozen musicians and one of them kind of gets somewhere, mm. they could be like, "Hey, you know what? You really helped me get here." So it's a long-term business model. Um, Definitely.
1: It's investing in the community.
0: It's investing which I don't in the
1: community. think people value enough.
0: No. Or are investing in people without the – people have been saying this word all the time, the quid pro quo thing. I swear to God, no one said it forever and then within a month. <laughs> a do, I've heard it a dozen times, but, uh, you know, expecting something in return for a favor. Yeah. Um, doing things no pro, quid pro quo, uh, I think, is, has more benefits than not.
1: I, I think quid is just too similar to squid. Squid. And I always imagine a squid. Being really pro at quo. I don't even know.
0: I don't know. Do you,
1: Latin is weird.
0: Do you play any video games or games in general?
1: Yeah, I used to game a lot more. I what a, what did a, you play last week? Faster than light mm. is this game where you control a spaceship crew, nice. and you're like, it's kind of interesting because you are like you're like part of the powers that be and you're running from the rebels whereas uh-huh. usually you're the rebels yeah. fighting the powers that be interesting but so you're trying to you're in a little spaceship and you're trying to escape the galaxy before the rebels catch up to you you're just like planet hopping you run into aliens and yeah. your crew people die and really hard yeah i like hard (laughs) i've never beaten i used to like harder games
0: like dark souls and stuff used to love them
1: yeah that one i've never played but it's supposed to be like the hardest game
0: it's hard and then i tried uh one of my roommates back up at corvallis got a shit what was the new one called the samurai uh sekiro shadows die twice i tried it for like a day and i'm like i don't like hard games anymore life's already hard (laughs) enough like i want an easy game like i want to rewatch
1: the office (laughs) mother it's always sunny in philadelphia I like so. strategy games a lot. I used to play a lot of Civilization v. I thought you were going to see StarCraft. I was going to love it. Oh, that forever. too. I mean, because the games I grew up on are Age of Empires and nice. StarCraft. Nice. You ever and play
0: uh, Mythology, the Age
1: of Empires? Age of Mythology? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah.
0: Oh, hell yeah. And then the StarCraft. And now I still play StarCraft. Like, I'm actually, I asked that question because I'm like, ooh, you know what I'm looking forward to maybe doing later? Playing Brown of StarCraft 2, baby. <laughs> I like it, man. Every winter, I like, get really into a video game. Uh, and every year it happens to be StarCraft. No, I, think, <laughs> I think last year was Red Dead Redemption 2, and I fucking hated it, but I still played it. I don't know why. Huh. It was awful. It was so bad.
1: There's one coming out called Death Stranding that oh, I really yeah. want I've to play. Oh, I've seen commercials
0: for it. That and Metro, the 2077. That looks pretty good, too. But I don't have a PS4. Metro? I had to sell it. You know what happened? I bought a PS4 Pro for 200 because I'm like, I know it's worth more than that, so I can just sell it for more. And... Like three things that should have billed me like months ago all billed me like at once and my bank account went down to thirteen dollars so <laughs> I had to sell it for two fifty so yeah like, eh. I got to play it for like three months Borderlands with a good friend of mine yeah. and then I sold it but Border I was like is fun is blast but uh, only having thirteen dollars in your bank account is very stressful because like things that I paid for like months ago and they just never went through and I never checked it. All went through at once. Like three like a couple hundred dollar payments went through. I'm like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. Where's the innovation to get rid of that problem? Yeah. Cause I get fucked by that all the time. Or oh, like my I God. paid for something two weeks ago Yeah. and it didn't clear until today. Yeah. Like And you look at your
0: bank account, you're like, oh, I'm so totally
1: surprised. And then boom, gone. And I'm like. And listen, because the Cash App, like that shit happens instantly. Yeah. And why can't these these long-standing financial institutions get their shit together. They make more money taking money from poor people by doing it the other way. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, it's set up to fail. The dumbest shit is overdraft charges. Yeah. Where they charge you for being, for not oh having enough God. money. Yeah.
0: Like, who are we going to take money from? Let's take it from the poorest people. <laughs> you know, that, that seems like a pretty decent idea. No, fuck you. That is <laughs> so dumb of an idea.
1: Well, I mean, it depends on your perspective, because for the banks, it's a smart idea. But for people with consciences, it's a bad idea.
0: (laughs) Yeah, good point. Again, it goes back to, like, I don't really blame any people. They're just trying to succeed. I blame corporations who then pay for lobbying Mm -hmm. to make, like, so that they can take more money from sick, old, young, and young, and poor people. That's That's who we make money from, sick people with Medicare costs. Uh, young people through education costs, sick and old, There, I mean, old people through like uh, retirement homes and poor people through small ass little things like overdraft fees. Like that's who we're making our money from. And that is the most sickening fucking thing. That's why I'm voting for Bernie, baby.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's like institutions just get built with different incentives in them. Yeah. So if you're some young MBA or you just got a finance degree or something and you get yeah. a job at Chase America, you're not going to rock the boat. People are going to say like these are the behaviors that get rewarded, and so that's what you do. Mm-hmm. I was actually I was just reading about this this morning in a book called Infinite Games by okay. Simon Sinek, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how in a lot of police districts they incentivize like the really shitty police tactics where like you just need to get <sighs> as many arrests and tickets as possible. Yeah, and then but there there will be people who. Come into police departments that are like that, and then they just create different incentives. They incentivize the good types of policing, and then lo and behold, people do the behavior that you reward. Yeah. And so we just need. It's going to be a long process of changing Mm -hmm. these old financial institutions and like creating different incentives.
0: All these institutions that are built on old models. Yeah. Slow change. I'm with you, man. Speaking of, we just did an hour and twenty minutes.
1: Yeah. Oh. I could keep going if you if you could keep I going. I need to go pee so bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm getting ready for I guess so I'm putting out Yeah, hey, Rick uh, Dancer. Yeah, I'm gonna put Rick Dancer's show out today. Which um, just because I think he's putting on his Facebook and Facebook Live, so I want to like capitalize on that. Put it out. Put a little thing. I'm putting this show out Sunday, so everyone here is probably listening to this Sunday. Nice. Or maybe Monday morning. Sunday night, Monday morning kind of thing. I don't know when I'm supposed to. It shows out. Um, a big thing is when I take the break from doing podcasts. Yeah. I'm not going to take a break from talking to people. I'm just going to take a break from putting them out and putting it, updating my website and updating like social media and all that stuff. I'm just going to bank up like 35 shows so I can like consistently put them out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, yeah. Friday, or even just Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday. I think that would be cool to get on a routine and be like a bunch. Like, I don't know. Do people care if I put the episodes out the day of or can I bank up episodes? You know, like, would you care?
1: I don't care. You don't care? All right. I mean, we didn't talk about anything that's like time sensitive. Yeah, <laughs> needs to come out.
0: But that's my goal. I don't want to talk about anything like this, you know, time sensitive. I want to talk about shit that's like,
1: you know just like unit you know, timeless bigger picture
0: bigger picture stuff uh speaking of i think one thing i'm gonna do for because i do like small intros for these now i i just made a survey monkey uh because of the shit that i've learned at rain yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna link didn't uh,
1: i tell you to make a survey monkey y- you did you know <laughs> you did
0: so i'm gonna link a survey monkey in the description everyone please go fill that out uh that would help me out about it would literally take like a minute or two of your life and uh check out your website i'll put your social media. take
1: take the survey people help your boy out uh,
0: <laughs> and uh, I'll link your social medias and your website in it. I appreciate your time, man. This was a blast. Yeah. I'll have you back on in. No, let's do or two. it again. We didn't even get
1: touch on politics. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Every show touches on politics. Not one show without it.
1: Yeah, you said Bernie, and I chose not to go down that go route. Go down the gang gang <laughs> route.
0: I appreciate it. Lots of love, man. Looking forward to kicking it with you later.
1: Hell yeah! Drink water, people. <laughs>